children to Sunday school. Hallelujah. Putting the word of God into the children is awesome. You know why? Because as we heard this morning, that we're born of incorruptible seed, and it's the seed of the word that's incorruptible. And when you put the word in them, you're putting incorruptible seed in their life. It's not just words. It's incorruptible words. Words that can't deteriorate. Words that can't decay. Words that can't fail. Amen? It's awesome. <clears throat> you know, <laughs> during worship time, the Lord said to me, Nelson, how long have you been a Christian? And I said, oh, I don't know, nigh on to 50 years, I suppose. I don't know, I never really counted. And he says, how come it's only been in the last two years that you haven't been offended so easy? <laughs> he brought my attention. I'm thinking, you know what, that's true. The last two years, I haven't really been offended. Because I really don't care anymore. I don't care what people think of me. I don't care what, whether they, what they expect of me. I don't care whether they want to promote me or nothing. I don't really care. Because I have a source. And it's him that matters, not anyone else. It's not that you don't matter. You're just not the priority matter. <laughs> uh, you know, we've been destined to grow up. We weren't born again to stay an infant, having somebody feed us with a bottle. Every time we get offended, we got to be kind of, mm-hmm. Some, sometime or other, you know, we, we have to grow up. Did, did you want to preach, sister? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I, I understand Pastor uh, David preached on destiny and conception to destiny and so on. I want to read you some scripture verses. And then I want to read you some scripture verses of what you've been born into. Because I don't think we realize what we've been born into. We realize we've been born again. And like uh, the scripture said this morning, of incorruptible seed, which is the word, by the way. Because they received the word, they received incorruptible seed, they became new creations in Christ Jesus. That is incorruptible. So the only thing that's wrong with us is our flesh. Whoops. The Holy Spirit is the prophetic. The Holy Spirit is prophetic. His cause, his, he causes the word of Jesus to come to pass in our life. In other words, he takes what Jesus said and provided from the Father, and he makes it real to us. 
We haven't been born into a vacuum. We've been born into a life. An incorruptible life. An unending life. You see, for the word to produce what's incorruptible and eternal, the word has to be that in nature. Because the one who spoke it is eternal. Therefore, his word is eternal. And whenever you read this and make it part of your life, you're including eternity into who you are. So let me read you some scripture verses. I got them written down on my paper here. Destiny. How many of you ever gone on a holiday? Did you pre-plan your holiday? That's destiny. I think I've been away. I've been here two Sundays out of, I think, three and a half months. Because we had a destiny. Um, destinies are always pre-planned. Sometimes my wife and I, we just go for a drive without any pre-planning at all. But if we're going to go somewhere, we're going to do something, it's usually pre-planned. That's destiny. Um, so we went to Saskatchewan, and we, we, the destination was her youngest sister's home. We stayed there, celebrated her youngest brother's uh, birthday and so on. We were there for two weeks. Then we came to Kelowna. That was the next destination. Um, but actually, I was born for Uh, two, two days of pastor's conferences there. Then we went to Cranbrook. We were there for, I think, I forget how many days. They have a suite in the upstairs of the church, and that's where we stayed. Then the ne ne next destination was Crawford Bay. And uh, I preached there on having healing hands and what Jesus had to say about our hands. And during, after the church was over in the vestibule, this lady walks up to me and she says, by the way, seeing as how you have healing hands, I have a deaf ear. So I laid my hands on them. I, I uh, declared healing. And then I whispered in her ear real soft. And she turned at me like this. She went, I didn't hear a word you said. I said, how do you know I said anything? <laughs> Meanwhile, there's another lady in the vestibule perceiving that this lady is not receiving her healing, so she said, I'll take it. In her heart, she said, I'll take it, and her deaf ear got healed. Amen. We're destined for these things, folk. This is our destiny. We're not born to just be lumps on a log or a pew warmer. We're born to walk in the kingdom. Amen. And what we've been born into, you and I will never ever figure it out in this world. So accept it by faith, believe it, and do it. After spending years of trying to figure everything out, you come to understand how stupid you really are 
to think that you could actually understand what God actually thinks and, and how he does things. Because as soon as you do one thing one way, he changes it and does it another way. Because his wisdom is so vast. It's so broad. His methods are so out of this world, so to speak. But let me read you some scripture verses of what God thought of you. Did you know that God is objective and subjective? In other words, him being subjective, just think of this. Being subjective means that I have my feelings involved in what I'm understanding and hearing or doing. God is subjective, so when he looked down into eternity before he created anything, the Bible says he chose you. And he knew you before he created anything. That's impossible to figure out. But I read books on theology and they all argue about all these different all I do is enjoy what he said. He chose me. In his subjection, moved by compassion, feelings, he sent his Savior down to save a lost world. That was planned in eternity past. That was Jesus' destiny was to come to earth, become man, die, and rise again, and leave a model that we could follow. So when we follow him, we're walking in the eternal destiny of the Son of God. We're walking in the eternal destiny of the Son of God. We aren't just walking in our destiny, folks. We're walking in the destiny for why we were redeemed. We're walking in the destiny for why we have become the sons of God. We're walking in a destiny that cannot fail, stop, or be useless. We are part of the greatest move on this earth that this earth has ever known. Our destiny is so huge that you and I could never ever grasp and understand it totally. That's why we have to walk in it by faith. By faith I believe I have been called. By faith I believe whatever Jesus said, I believe it. I accept it. I receive it. I integrate it into my life. Because there's no other picture that's a true picture. If you want the true picture of heaven about you, it is all in the choice that the Father made. When he made a choice to choose you, he had the full eternal plan in mind for your life. I'm amazed at God that he can be so powerful and yet so gentle. 
so all-knowing and yet understanding. So he chose us, Ephesians 1 verse 4. Before the foundation of the world, he chose you. Ephesians 1 verse 9, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he hath promised in himself. Hmm. The pleasure that you and I walk in was promised out of who he is. That's destiny. We have been called to walk in the purposes that he has planned for us. Did you know that nobody has their final destiny in their own hands? We have choices, but we do not have the complete destiny in our hand. I'll tell you why. If you get saved, you're eternally saved. You go to eternity. If you backslide, the Bible says you're going to have a grievous life. If you reject salvation, you go to a different place. You're, the whole world is destined by God. We're never out of what he has said could happen to us. Never. Which tells me this. God knew what he was doing and what he was saying and what he meant. It's kind of like I'm going to destroy the earth. Noah, you have two choices. Accept what I say or reject it, but you're not going to alter it. And he did it. He, he did it. God doesn't say something, oh, well, I just, I, you know, I just thought of that. I, I think I changed my mind. He didn't change his mind in, in Genesis 6. He carried out his covenant. And those people rejected what Noah had to say, but they were still destined to what God did. Is that clear? Because I think sometimes we think more of ourselves than we ought to. I think we try to figure out who we are. I think I have found it's more important to figure out who he is. If I find out who he is and what he plans for me, I find out who I am. It's kind of simple. I think, of, I think if God could tolerate me, why couldn't I tolerate somebody else? Come on. <laughs> Come on. It's true. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, Philippians chapter 2, verse 13 says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. So let me ask you a question. What's God working in you? If he's working in you to do his good pleasure, what's he working in you? What's he trying to get you to see and what's he trying to get you to be? And what is he trying to get you to do? His good pleasure. Did you ever get involved with people who had something, a good pleasure in mind and you joined them? 
Did you enjoy yourself? So, actually, I think God has designed our walk with him to be enjoyable. Oh, God's asked me to walk with him again today. If God only knew how bad I really was, let me tell you something. He knew how bad you are going to be before he created anything. He still chose you. Thank him. See, humility to me is recognizing who I am and recognizing who he is. It humbles me every time. Because really, I am nothing without him. Yet I am everything with him. I can do nothing without him, but I can do everything with him. I don't know if I'm making any sense or not, but I'm just telling you what the Lord has given me here. Now let me share with you the destiny that you've been brought into. In John chapter 17, verse 23, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and has loved them as you have loved me. Isn't that awesome? The word perfect there is, has kind of a, a technical and a legal kind of conception to it. To execute the deeds in a proper way. To execute the deeds in a proper way. In other words, in the context of this chapter, in this verse, the context is this. I in them and you in me. Wow. So with Christ in us and the Father in him and the Holy Spirit upon us, we have the ability to execute things properly. Isn't that cool? That's what we were birthed into. We were, we were, we were, we were born into him. He was born, he, he became... He's the one that took the place in us, Christ in us. That's why, that's why the Father and that's why the Lord explains to us as we get to know him, we actually get to know who we are. You can't get to know who you are without knowing him. If you know him, you will know who you are. It, it, it's like I got to know my dad, and I kind of knew who I was. And often us Christians were searching for identity. Who am I? What am I called to? Well, 
To me, it's very simple. I am a son of God, and I'm called to walk in my sonship. I'm called to fulfill what his word says I can do. Bottom line. I spend a lot of time being offended. Ask my wife. She can tell you stories about how angry I used to be because I got offended because somebody didn't recognize me or somebody didn't pay attention to me or somebody said something that ticked me off. You know what? It was just fruitless life. It's fruitless, folks. It means nothing except this. What it meant to me was this, Nelson. You're insecure. You don't know who you are in Christ and you don't know him. Jesus went through some of the most offensive life that we could ever see. And he succeeded. And he's in us. So stop being offended. Grow up. No, really, I... I'm, I'm telling you, off, offenses are an emotional drain. They take your attention away from the, Jesus. They take your attention away from your call. It just possesses you to the point where I got angry. I start throwing chairs around the house. Never was angry in my life. Why? Because I was offended. Boo-hoo-hoo. I look up back and I think, Nelson, how stupid you really were. I hope I didn't offend you. (laughs) Oh, Lord, help us. Listen to these words. I have declared unto them your name. And will declare it. And here's the reason why. That the love wherewith you have loved me may be in them. Wow. You and I have been conceived into a love that is divine. And Jesus demonstrated that love while he walked on this earth. And it says this. That the love wherewith you love me may be in them and I in them. Wow. We haven't been called to a life of offense. We haven't been called to a life of hatred. We haven't been called to a life that is anger out of control. We're called to a life of love. Aren't you happy, honey? I remember one time I got offended and my wife says, "Uh, do you know that you're seated with Christ in heavenly places? I said, yes. She says, well, go sit there. (laughs) Actually, I I can't get away much with my wife. Um, 
you know, this whole thing with marriage thing with the man's boxes and all that stuff. And she told me to do something. And I said, I don't have a box for that. She says, I'll make one for you. <laughs> do we, do, are we convinced? Here's, here's some of my life story. Are we convinced that there's a phone ringing? <laughs> No, are we convinced that the Holy Spirit has actually been sent to lead us? Are you convinced about that? Yes. Well, tell me something. Are you led by him? That's what Jesus said. He's going to come lead you. And he'll lead you into all truth, which means we don't know everything. That kind of humbles me. Um, it's, it's very humbling when you see the Holy Spirit do work that you had nothing to do with. We went to another church in Midway, and I, I preached on, I forget, the anointing on us and so on. And, and so they just were hungry for, for the Holy Spirit. So I just said, well, anybody want to receive, just stand. And this young lady came up and stood beside me, and, and she just raised her hands, and man, the Holy Spirit came upon her, and, I never, I never even touched her. And I said, oh, you can sit down. No, no, she said, I'm standing right here. She wouldn't move for quite a while. And finally, she went and sat on the floor in front of her chair. And then the next thing you know, her face is on the floor. If you can imagine, her legs are like this, and her head's between her legs. And she's out. So we just carried on the service. It's like, anyway, we were down having a piece of cake before we left, and she came down, and she says, four things happened to me. So what was that? She says, well, the first thing the Lord did, he, he put his cloak on me. He covered me. The second thing, she says, I felt water running on my feet, but I couldn't move my feet up to my ankles. And then she says, and then I had a fire inside. And she said, the fourth thing, she says, I've had pain in my body for two years, and it's gone. Had nothing to do with me, other than the fact that I preached it. And I gave them an opportunity to receive. The Holy Spirit is so mobile, sometimes he's way ahead of us. I can understand now a little bit clearer why Jesus said, let him lead you. Because he does things that I don't even think of doing. And he does it, he does it in a way sometimes that I wouldn't do it that way. Because, you know, we're sanctified, right? We have everything in order. Well, it seems as though he has more order than we do because he accomplishes more. And, and, and it's, you know, if you ever 
if you ever yield yourself to be led by the Holy Spirit, you put yourself on a school of education that nobody else can ever teach you. Nobody. He will teach you all things. Think of that. He'll teach you all things, not just what the Bible says, but he'll teach you how he moves. He'll teach you how the gift of word of knowledge works. He'll teach you how healing works. He'll teach, he'll teach you how the fruit works. He'll teach you everything. We're destined to this. This is what we're birthed into. And, and, I, and I want to, I, I just want, I know the Lord wants to encourage you this morning. He's waiting for you. He is waiting for you to follow the Holy Spirit. He's waiting for you to believe what he said about you. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for all of us. He's always available. He's always right there. When we're in Vietnam, uh, we each took a Sunday in the, the church that I went to, um, they had been meeting for two hours before I even got there. Can you imagine that? And they said, oh, you can go ahead and preach. So I wasn't there during their, their worship time, their singing or nothing. And so I, I, I preached out of Ephesians on the four eternal things. And I just gave an opportunity for them to allow the Holy Spirit. And a lady in the back just started crying. She came up and she says, I have been so controlled by fear. And I just said, fear be gone, boom. Pew. Just like that. When the Holy Spirit moves, you get involved in what he's doing. We learned this, I learned this by two mistakes I made in Japan and Costa Rica. But when the Holy Spirit moves, I endeavor to get involved in what he's doing. So I thought, you know what? We travel overseas and we preach and stuff like this, but we never make a disciple. So I decided I'm going to pick three young people and I'm going to talk to them about seeing what God sees. And they were intrigued. So the one young fellow that was supposed to go with Daniel ended up with me because Daniel had to leave there on a bike. And so I had three interpreters with me. And so this lady came up, and the young man, he said to me after, he says, I closed my eyes, and I said, Lord, I want to see what you're doing. And he says, I saw her laying on the floor and the Holy Spirit coming over her. He says, I opened my eyes, and she was on the floor. He said, I saw what God was doing. I saw what God was doing. This is truth. This is truth. This is eternal truth. 
This is divine truth. This is Holy Ghost breathed truth. This truth never fails nor changes. And I took and I took my Bible and I just wiped away my theology. I wiped away my philosophy and I said, this is what I believe. This is what I believe. Because there's nothing else to believe. Because this truth is eternal. It never fails. It never stops. It doesn't decay. It's alive. So when Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is going to lead you, that is a living word that when you step into that and just say, okay, I am going to yield. The Father said the Holy Spirit would lead me. Father, I yield to the Holy Spirit now. I'm just going to yield to him right now. Forever. You're my leader. That's what I did. Because what he said won't fail. What he said won't change. What he said will never lose its ability. What he said will never ever lose its power to affect me. And sometimes I think we read the Bible like a story rather than a life. Amen? This is our life, folks. This is our destiny. This is what we've been born for. We've been born to walk in eternal truth. We've been born to see the manifestation of the truth in the kingdom of God on earth in every life. And here's some of the keys that I find to be so real. Number one, he is all-powerful. He knows everything. He is everywhere. He knows our thoughts before we even think them. He knows the thoughts you're going to think when you leave here. Your whole life, our whole life is just laid naked before him. He knows everything about me. So why do I try to hide So, look at your neighbor and say, God knows what you're thinking. I walked into that Pastor David's office today. I said, I know something for sure. He says, what's that? I says, I know God knows what you're thinking. So, so here, here's the key. Let me give you a key. Wherever you go, God knows what everybody's there thinking. He knows how they're feeling. He knows what they're going through. He knows their circumstances. He knows exactly what answer they need. He knows it all. What, we, what I do is I make myself available and say, Father, you know everything here. If you want to show me something, I'm here. And I make myself available. And so we were, we were in Lillooet, and we went out for lunch. And I'm sitting around the table. And I got this activity going on in my heart. And I said, Father, whatever is happening here, 
So we're eating away, and, and the Lord's, the Holy Spirit says to me, see that lady sitting over there? And I said, yes. When she gets up to leave, tell her to come over and say to her, I am going to solve her difficulties for her. Nobody around the table knew what was happening except me. Anyway, she stands up. And I say, ma'am, could you come here for a minute? So she comes over, and I says, God told me to tell you that he's going to take care of your difficulties. She said, thank you so much. And walked out. See, if, if we believe that God knows every thought of every mind, he knows exactly what everybody's going to think, even before they even think it. If we believe that, and we make ourselves available to the Holy Spirit, he will actually use us. Does that make any sense? He'll, he'll talk to you about somebody. So I'm, I'm reading this verse in Ephesians that says that, that you may, um, that the God may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him that you may know the hope of his calling. Well, the word know there is not gnosko, head knowledge or knowledge. It's know by seeing. And in the Latin, it means video. So I thought, okay, fine. I go to Timmy's and I sit down and said, Father, video me. And he videoed a lady's life right there. Wow. I mean, when I, when I see this here and, and, and all of us activated by the Holy Ghost, just think of what will happen to the city. Just think about it for a moment. The supernatural coming into a restaurant through you the supernatural coming into the mall through you. Not in the sense of assumption, but in the sense of being led by the Spirit. Not just creating some program to say, you know, we're trying to find treasures. That's all fine. But being led by the Spirit is the most powerful life that you could ever live. It's the most exciting life. It's the most... Um, challenging because you never know what he's going to do and how he's going to do it. Huh. We went to a church in Costa Rica. We were never there before. And I had preached. It was a morning service. And apparently there was a lady waiting for us to come because God said to her that he had something for her. But she thought it had already happened and the pastor called her and says, no, no, the meeting's on this morning. So she came. I didn't know nothing about this. She came. And anyway, so I gave an invitation for those who want to receive something from God. And she came up. Actually, the Lord highlighted her to me, and I invited her up, to be honest with you. She came up, and I said, whatever you need, just receive. She was about from here to that table from me. And the Holy Spirit came upon her, and she hit the floor, and she spun like a top, just like that. And I thought, oh, God, nobody's going to come to the altar now. I mean, that's, those were my thoughts. Well, when she stopped spinning, I stood her up, and I interviewed her. I said, so what happened to you on the floor? 
She said, I have been abused all my life. And God pulled out every root. And I'm free. She said, I'm free. Why God chose to do it like that, I have no idea. I took my Christian conservatism and I threw it out the door. In three minutes, God cleansed that woman and set her free from a life of abuse. Who can do that? You know, who, who can do that except God? Here's what we do sometimes. God comes to Jeremiah, and Jeremiah kind of like, ooh. Here's what God said to Jeremiah, and I think we need to hear this. Before I formed you, and before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. Talk about an eternal choice. And I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, oh, Lord God, behold, I can't speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said to me, say not, I am a child. For you, sh for you shall go to all that I shall send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched his mouth, and the Lord said, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my word in your mouth. Can you imagine that? God's not interested in our frailty and in our inability because his interest is much higher than that. It's his ability. It's his word. It's his hand on your life. It's his anointing that makes you who you should be and what you can actually do. So don't say, I'm not worthy. Don't say, I'm not equipped. Don't say, don't say. Let God put his hand on you and let the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God come upon you that God has intended for you for what he destined you for. Amen?
the psalmist says this. He says this. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. God took a hold of David's emotions where all decisions are made while he was still in his mother's womb. The word reigns there means emotions. Just think of it. Nobody makes a decision without running it through their emotions first. And then we intellectually make a decision. So, while you were in your mother's womb, God took possession of your emotions. In other words, he took, this, he took control, possession of your decision-making. What that means to me is this. My decisions are in his hand. My decisions are in his will. My decisions are in his anointing. My decisions are in what he has said in his word. Those are where my decisions are now. Because he took the very emotions of my life, of David's life, where we process our decision making. The reason why he did that is because he wants to have control of your life. He wants to guide you. He wants to teach you. He wants to use you. He wants you to follow him. He wants you to be emotionally attached to him. So what does he do? He comes and he takes, he possesses your emotions. God has your emotions in his hand. He's got them in his heart. He knows how you feel. He knows the feelings you go through. He knows how you make your decisions through your feelings and then intellectually and then you verbalize them. He knows all that. He's got it. He's got it. So the key is this. As I yield to the Holy Spirit, He controls my decision making. In other words, just like that lady that came up, I just said, well, what decision was I going to make? The Holy Spirit said to me, just tell her to receive. So I said, just receive. And God did the work. Why he had to tell me, why I had to tell her to receive, I don't know. I don't understand that other than the fact that that's what I did. And then, and then the Holy Spirit actually did the work. The Holy Spirit applies the cross to the life. He makes it the reality. I don't know if I'm making any sense. I just find it so exciting and so life-changing that uh, we, we have been born into the kingdom of Almighty God. We are born into his authority. We're born into his rulership. We're born into his power. We're born into his ability. We're born into his plan. We're born into his purpose. We have been birthed into the greatest movement on earth. Hallelujah. It's amazing. So why don't we just do something this morning in closing? The hand of God came upon Jeremiah for the purpose that God had for him. 
And I believe God wants to put his hand on you this morning. He wants to put his hand on you this morning for the purpose of what he called you to. So why don't we just wait on him, just allow the Father through the Holy Spirit to come and just put his hand on you. Just, just receive what the Father has to give you. Just receive what the Father has to give you. Open your heart. Just say, Father, we thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. He has come because the Lord said, I'll pray to the Father. So the Father answered the Lord's prayer. He sent the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to empower us, to teach us, show us things to come. He would show us what the Father's thinking and doing. So Holy Spirit, we just yield to you. The Father said you would lead us. The Father said you would teach me. The Father said you would guide me. The Father said you'd show me things to come. The Father said that I'd be endued with power from on high. And Father, as a church, we are before you this day and we ask that the Holy Spirit would come and just take his place in each of our lives and that we would yield to what the word says for it is truth. We thank you, Father, for what you have birthed us into and we just thank you for your blessing and your honor and your respect and your life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.